Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Melius, and I'm so glad that you're here, and I can't wait to introduce to you Uma Girish. Uma Girish is a spiritual mentor, human design guide, and an award-winning author. She mentors her clients to find and live a life of purpose through the lens of human design by addressing their emotional wounds caused by loss, generational trauma, or other forms of grief that have not yet been honored. Let's dive into the pond and meet Uma. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Uma Girish. Uma, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here, and I would love for you to start with, how did you get into writing? My mother used to say that I learned how to hold a pencil before I learned how to hold a spoon. So I think I came into this incarnation with the express purpose of um, writing and teaching. Communication has always been my strength and gift. I loved books and stories as a child. My grandmother is the one who opened my imagination to the magic of story and storytelling. I remember long summer afternoons on our front porch in India, Southern India, sitting beside her and listening to her tell me stories from the great Indian epics, the Ramayana and the Mahabharata. And, uh, you know, my imagination was lit up and I started writing small stories um, and essays. And then my father, when we went on vacation every summer, Um, and returned, he would say, all four of you, so we have four siblings, all four of you have to write a little essay about our vacation, and the best essay will win a cash prize. And me being the oldest sibling, I always won the cash prize, and my siblings, you know, they they were just so upset because they said, you know all the big words, you've read more than all of us. (laughs) But that sort of nourished and encouraged me to keep going and keep working on my writing, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so, so much because what I'm hearing is that, you know, writing and reading were considered essentially expressions of love and ways to create like bonding, really. It was the story, the forms of storytelling were bonding and and love, the expressions of love within the family. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, it was. It was such a part of my life that when when someone asks me the question, when did you start writing? I immediately think to myself, it was never a decision. It was like, it was as natural as breathing, the way writing came into my life, the way books and story came into my life. So let's follow that path a little bit. I love that you said that. So with writing and getting the inspiration kind of very early on to want to use words to either stimulate your imagination or uh, create in other ways. How did that start to take shape as it led you through your path and as well as, you know, through business and through and where you are now? I know you're a coach, a mentor Mm -hmm. in particular. Yeah. So I uh, became a voracious reader when I was young, so much so, you know, how in Indian households, or at least it used to be back then when I was growing up, 
um, being a being worthy of a man's affection and being groomed to be a good bride, a good wife was a big thing. And I always had my nose in a book and my mother was really in agony about, she would say, I don't know how you're, you're going to feed your husband. You're never going to learn how to cook because you're always reading. But that was my passion. So I was always reading. I was always learning. I studied English literature in college. And I began to get very interested in how people think and behave and the whole thing of psychology. So I studied psychology. And um, I think I really started writing when I was 17 and 18. I got opinion pieces published in the local newspaper. So the, the newspaper would set us challenges, writing challenges like um, arranged marriage versus love marriage. It was such an Indian thing, right? <laughs> or, uh, you know, independence versus, versus, you know, being being at home and, and preferring to be a bride and following convention. And I would send in these opinion pieces and they would get published, which encouraged me great, greatly to keep writing. And then one summer I was staying with a family because my father got um, transferred and I had to finish school. So I stayed with his family and the the uncle, the, the patriarch of the family, he found me writing these 22 and 23 page letters home. And he said, if you have enough things to fill up 23 pages to send to your parents and siblings, you definitely have a gift for writing or you have a love for writing at the very least. So why don't you contribute an article to our uh, company magazine? And he made sure I wrote it. It was published. Again, every publication just brought me so much joy and expanded me to keep writing, to keep learning, to keep growing. And then when I made the decision to become a stay-home mother, that's when I finally found the space to really explore the craft. I started taking online courses um, in novel writing, short story writing. Uh, my work was published in seven countries. My short stories won awards. So I just kept going and then I wanted a bigger canvas. So when we finally moved to the States, which was in uh, the spring of 2008, the first thing I did was I joined a writer's group because I said, I want to write a book and it seems like a big project and I think I need some support. So for the next 10 years, I worked with that group. I got three books written and published. Um, yeah. And so that's how I came to be doing this. Okay, so you have said a few things I would love to learn a little bit more, please. One of the things you mentioned is that, you know, when you made the decision to be home with your children, you also made time to write. And that I think is you're demonstrating the sense of saying this is this is important to me too. Therefore, you found a way to carve out that space while still honoring your children, honoring your family. How did you strike that balance to to know to figure out that dance? Because I know that that can be a struggle for for parents who are home and or working at a, a, a corporate job, for instance. But writing is that passion, and yes, they make the time. But sometimes they might still feel challenged of trying to make sure they don't spread themselves too thin. 
Yeah. Well, I I only have one child and she was a very easy child. Plus in India we had family support. So I could always have one of my sisters babysit my daughter or my mother would watch her or when while she was out playing with a friend I would use 30 minutes to write. You have to learn to write in short bursts. You know, if you have 20 minutes that's all you have. I learned very quickly that the first thing that the number one thing that kills writing the joy of writing is perfectionism so if i had 20 minutes to write i would write and whether it was a dribble or a gush that showed up on the page i was grateful i was grateful for whatever showed up i wasn't going to be obsessed with they have to be the perfect words and they have to sparkle so um the so that way you stay in touch with the joy of just putting pen to paper which for me even today is something i i love to do i love that you said that that you're right that the perfectionism or that wanting to just make it perfect can overtake getting that story completed and that's so much yeah. of what i i hear with my clients or with uh, even throughout this podcast where you know the idea gets started and the joy is there and you might even have an idea where it's going to end it's getting through mm-hmm. that middle it's getting that mm-hmm. that first draft going and that first draft can be so challenging with any piece simply because you are looking at a blank sheet of paper it's yeah. so much easier to work with when you have something to edit but you yeah. have to put something on the page to come back to it so how did yeah. you how did you work through that when perhaps there were challenging times or a challenging topic that you were choosing to write about but yet you needed to tend to emotions or give yourself space to work through that so that you could keep writing and have the joy like you're describing yeah that's such a good point you bring up jen um for me like i said i i always just showed up for the writing wanting to write so sometimes when you put pen to paper and and you're terrified by the blank page staring at you it's very useful to just start writing i have no idea what i'm going to write i have no idea what i want to write but i believe there's a part of me that wants to write and i trust that that part is going to put some words on this page i'm just going to keep going and you've got four lines done i love that <laughs> i love that that you're truly writing what's what comes to you yes. and whatever that is allowing it to flow because to your point you can come back and change that at some point when you need to that's right i yeah. i love that so much so when so along your your journey so you you wrote three books mm-hmm. and each one you learned from the previous one because that's what we also do it's like your writing yeah. improves you learn more about the craft in general you learn more about the publishing space in general or how to better communicate what you're doing and then work on the next book so it's one of those that you keep building upon to and and grow with are do you have any suggestions or things that came to you that you realized that after each book it was something that you wanted to make sure you were applying because you realized this was something really important i need to keep moving it forward like the lessons learned if you will right so the three books that i've written are um, understanding death 10 ways to inner peace for the grieving which 
is sort of non-fiction, which I self-published. It was a need to understand what happened when my mother died. Where do we go when we die? Is this the only life? Why do we grieve so hard? What is reincarnation? Even though I come from India and reincarnation was spoken about in the family since I was crawling, I think. I mean, I had never paid any attention to it, but when my mother died was the time I was exploring these questions. So I wrote that book as a way to understand what the realm of death and dying is all about. And then the second book I wrote was Losing Amma, Finding Home, which was all about my mother's death, the shattering, the loss, and my personal transformation, my own journey, my dark night of the soul. So in writing that book, you know, I go back to the question you asked, which I don't think I responded to fully, which is how do you write when the writing gets difficult? You know, you're writing about the loss of someone you loved dearly and deeply. You have to go back to those, to the days when, um, when she was struggling with her cancer and, you know, how you couldn't be there for her. You were so far away. Or when, when she didn't get her chemo and you were with her, what happened? It's hard to write about those parts and pieces. Sometimes I would find myself crying when I was writing a chapter and I would have to put the pen down, walk away and come back to it. Now, you know the thing that, that keeps you going when you're writing about something difficult? It's your 3 a.m. why. Why are you writing this book? I knew in every bone in my body that this book had a bigger purpose than my small self trying to write it with a publishing agenda, you know, and how many copies will sell. I knew that this book had a soul. It was its own entity. It had an agenda to go out into, into the world and heal and, and do its own thing. My only job was to show up and serve the agenda of the book. So when I looked at it like that, I couldn't let my tears or my pain or my grief stop me in my tracks. I had to show up because I was the conduit. I was the messenger. The book had to come through me. I had said, yes, I'm going to do this. So it was a sacred calling. And when what you're writing is a sacred calling, you will show up for it. You'll keep forcing you to show up every single day. I have goosebumps because that is so powerful. And I totally agree that when you have, when it's pulling you, when you know that that's something you need to do, you do find a way through it. So if that means you need to give yourself a pause and say, okay, mm -hmm. I know right now I'm in tears writing this. That means this might not be the version yet that shows up in the book, but I have to get a draft down first and then come back to it and figure out what, how do I work through this more? But you have to start somewhere and writing that is good. Getting it out of your system is, is therapeutic in its own way, mm -hmm. just by the sheer fact that it's not staying contained in your in your spirit in your mind you're able to get it out and put it onto paper to essentially a form of releasing it and then deciding now now where is it going to go what do I do with this but thank you for courageously moving through those feelings to be able to share not just one but two books on grief I mean and how grief can be transformative for the family, for the individual, you know, I, 
I think that that's really just a beautiful gift that you not only did once but twice is what you said. I mean, thank you. Well, I'm I'm so grateful to you for for placing a, a, a marker on that. But I truly believe that a story is given to you in order for you to live through it and share the lessons. So either you can you can go through a, a particular chapter in your life, whether it's divorce or loss of some kind or you know financial bankruptcy people go through all kinds of things terminal illness and then you can become bitter and let the pain sort of take over your life shut your heart down and then nobody benefits least of all you or you can allow that pain the portal of pain to become the portal of purpose so you allow your heart to open and expand wide by having more empathy, more compassion, not just for yourself, but for everyone who's walking in similar shoes. And to um, me, that's the reason why we're given these stories. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, hello, kindred spirit. I am so, I just, <laughs> I love that so much because I, I definitely believe that if that story is given to you, it needs to come through you. You have something, your skill set, your abilities, your talents, your personality, the way you experienced whatever that was yeah. is unique. And your perspective needs to be shared. If there's a story that needs to come, that's come to you, that's like, hey, we need to get this written. Right. You need to write it. And and if that means like something you mentioned earlier was you found a way to get support, a writing group. If that's the support that would help you to keep moving through that or get the feedback on your pieces when you needed to, you know, like an alpha reader kind of critiquing, does that help or get help from a, a developmental editor or get help from another, some other kind of subject matter experts to help you to refine the story so you have more going to help you tell it to reach your reader you keep showing up, you keep finding a way. And that's that's really what I'm hearing with that. So tell me about book three then. Book three was born of my experience as a nanny to my good friend's daughter, newborn. Um, it, it happened completely by accident and yet nothing is an accident, right? So I went to bed one night uh, because she'd called me that evening and said, we'd really love for you to watch the baby. I, I was... I was coaching people at the time. I was doing mainly grief and loss work. And so I didn't have like a full-time job. So she said, can you do a few hours watching the baby? And I went to bed thinking, oh my goodness, my dream was to write books and, and be on Oprah's couch. And now I'm going to be, you know, wiping up milk, burp and, you know, this kind of thing, swept and poop and oh gosh, no. So I was like completely confused. I went to bed that night and as I as I drifted off to sleep, um, I said to both my parents who were deceased by then, you know, show me what to do. What am I supposed to do? I mean, this person is asking me to be a nanny to this child. Both my parents came to me in a dream that night and said, it is God's grace. That's all I remember when I woke up the next morning. It is God's grace. And I said, what the, 
what does that even mean? It's God's grace. What is that a yes or a no? And it suddenly clicked. The baby's name was Grace. And they said, it is God's grace. It seemed to me like, okay, Uma, this is God's grace moving through you. And, and I knew in that moment without a shadow of a doubt that I had to say yes. So being a nanny in my 40s to this newborn was such a different experience from the time I was a mother. I was, I was in my 30s then. I was so caught up in feed time and bath time and, you know, the, the scheduling of, of this whole experience. But with this child, every day I went in to watch her, I would say to her, what are you going to teach me today? And babies are little sages. Every day she would teach me something new. When I came home in the evening, I would jot down a one-liner, which then turned into a short essay, which became the book, Lessons from Grace, What a Baby Taught Me About Living and Loving. I love that so much. <laughs> I love that because what that shows is that when inspiration strikes you, and it, even if it doesn't make sense, but you are willing to follow that that creative inspiration, that little nudge that happens, again, that writing will come through the way it's supposed to. And right. I mean, there are, there are so many times that I'll take a break from whatever I'm writing or editing, I'll walk away from it. And I believe you have should have breaks in between mm -hmm. writing and editing and so forth. But there yeah. are so many times that I'm doing something else. I'm fixing dinner or what have you. And then something starts to trickle through I'm like, okay, I'll turn my phone on very quickly and voice it in or text it to myself to or email it to myself because I don't want to lose the the inspiration that came. But it's like, you did not come in front of the computer or when I had anything else, I'm sitting here trying to finish this meal, but hold on, let me get it really quick. <laughs> so I hear you taking the inspiration mm -hmm. as it would show up like, hey, I have something. Okay, let me get it. <laughs> I want to capture yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Like the universe will just tell you what you need to do next. I mean, I, I find that so much of our approach to writing and publishing is is so man-made and so linear. Like you have to stick with one genre and you cannot mix genres. And I mean, who's to say what wants to come through you? I mean, I could never have conjured up this book called Lessons from Grace, but I knew it was exactly the right thing for me to be writing as it came to me because that was my experience and I knew it would serve so many young mothers who are caught up in, in the to-do list in how much I need to do with the baby and missing the magic of the moment, what that baby is trying to communicate, how that baby teaches you presence, how that baby forgives so easily. You know, babies teach us so much. So I just felt this, this need to capture the whole thing down in the form of a book. And that's how it came to be. Oh my gosh. I love that. I I love that so much. I don't think I can get this grin on my face to stop. I mean, I feel like it's just plastered because <laughs> I'm so I'm loving this so much. And I know that you have a book four. So is there any chance you could talk a little bit about a book, what book four might be? Yeah, for sure. I just finished writing the first draft of this book. It's tentatively called Sacred Fire, and it is a marriage memoir that chronicles our 31-year-old marriage 
and addresses the central question, how do two people navigate a long-term relationship when they're walking different soul paths, but there's a lot of love and respect in the marriage. So this was a very, this was perhaps the most challenging book to write because it involved telling a very intimate story, one that I have lived and my husband has lived for 31 years since the time we knew each other. And, uh, you know, back in India, we didn't date. So he's the only man I have ever been with and I'm the only woman he's ever been with. So what what does that relationship look like? How does it evolve as the two people in that space change and evolve differently? You know, my mother died, it broke me open. But he didn't share that experience in the way that, I mean, he felt it, but it was his experience of that event was so different from what it was for me. Sure. And so we we started moving down different paths and and how karmically I still feel that my job is to honor his path and his job is to honor mine and still stay connected in compassion and love and understanding and forgiveness. So I feel like there are so many divorce memoirs out there, so many books that talk about breakups. And and I, I felt like, why doesn't anyone talk about the the struggle, the challenges of being in a relationship where the two people are evolving and evolving in quite different ways? So that's what the book is all about. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to to find an agent to represent me for this book and let's see where it goes. <laughs> so you bring up an interesting point about, to your point, finding an agent. And I know that you had previous books uh, published through uh, with working with an agent and so forth. How do you go about that to find the right match? Like, do you have any suggestions for researching or, or knowing when you found the right person? Do you have any tips for that? I didn't have an agent. I haven't had an agent. I was picked up by Hay House just on the strength of my manuscript, really. Oh, wow. Um, I did. I missed. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I misspoke, <laughs> but that's even better. Way to go. <laughs> so it was the narrative style, I think, that they liked and, and they bought it. But um, I just feel that this book needs to be agented. I want to work with an agent because I, I think it'll be a lot easier to move through the publishing process. Um, you know what, again, Jen, to answer your question, I don't really know how an agent is going to show up, except she's going to show up. And I say she because I know it's the she who's going to show up. I <laughs> live I live a lot in the space of surrender and trust. And so everything that I desire for my life I offer to the divine and I say, if you want me to send this book out into the world and reach however many people you want it to reach, then bring me the perfect agent. And of course that involves me doing some research and, and seeing how I feel about people I encounter. But right now the manuscript is being uh, read by my beta readers, it's with them. So I'm suspecting that I will have another round of edits once their feedback comes in. So I'm not rushing into an agent search because if they say, show me the manuscript and I don't have a done manuscript, I don't want to jump into it too early. I believe I have all the time I need. I'm not in a hurry. 
So I'll wait for the feedback to come in from my beta readers. And in the meantime, I'll be doing my online research, but I won't make any moves until I'm done with all the edits. Thank you for saying that, because I think sometimes when you are working on a manuscript or it's completed and you want to see it move to the next next phase, and whether the doors are opening or closing, or it just feels like you're holding steady, sometimes that the unknown can feel scary and it can feel like, did I do the right thing? Am I, am I following? Am I, is this the way I'm supposed to be going? And sometimes that as a writer, you can get in your head a little bit and stay there rather instead of saying, you know what, it's okay. It's going to happen. I'll find the right path. I didn't get this far to stay here. I've got this manuscript or I know I want to get this story out. I will find the right way because the story needs to be shared. I, I like how you shifted to show that maybe that space might be needed or maybe that pause might be needed or looking at where you are as that there's blessings within it and the goal that you have, that desire that you have, that 3 a.m. why will become, will that show up. It will, you will bring that to fruition. Yeah, I truly believe that um, if I've been given the gift of writing and communicating and, the, and a story, a powerful story to share, the universe is going to make the rest happen. But if I convince myself of the scarcity of time, that's going to make me rush and make mistakes make snap judgments, which are probably not the best thing for the book. And so I believe that I have all the time. I always tell myself, I have all the time. If I'm meant to be a New York Times bestseller, I will be. And if I'm meant to sell 2,000 copies, that's fine too. I'm completely detached from the outcome. I'm just here to serve the agenda of the book. I love that so, so much. This has been an amazingly beautiful and powerful conversation. Thank you for sharing so much love and wisdom and, and grace in this space with me. Thank you so much. Uma, where can people connect with you? Where can they get your books and where can they stay in touch to learn more as book four evolves? Mm, the, the best place to stay in touch with me is through my website, which is umagirish.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram because I, I just love the creativity that space offers. I'm Uma Mentor on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm facebook.com Uma Writes. So these are all good ways to get in touch with me. And where can people get their books? All my books are available on Amazon. If you go to my website, you can you can click on the link and it'll take you right there. Wonderful. Thank you so very much for your time. This has been absolutely amazing. You've held space so beautifully for me, Jen, and I'm so appreciative of your invitation, your presence, and the quality of your questions. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. 
Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.